Meet Waldo, 17 years old, 4.7 GPA, well-respected but not necessarily well-liked. Waldo has few close friends, and he's really picky with who he allows to get close to him. His real name is Thomas, but has always gone by the name Waldo because of the fond memories he had reading Where's Waldo books with his dad as a child. His dad has been gone for the last five years. Meet Charlotte. Waldo's best friend, a thinker if there ever was one. You could be having a conversation with her about one thing while she's thinking about something totally different. She's a little shy, but when she speaks, everyone eagerly listens because she has some of the most interesting ideas. She's fascinated with the pursuit of knowledge, but often wonders what is really true. And then there's Ruby. No one knows what to expect with Ruby. Sometimes she's downright funny. Other times, she's just a little, how should I put this, annoying. On the outside, you might think of her as a class clown, but there's more to her than simple silliness. Her attempts at humor are a genuine desire to make people happy. She would say that's how Jesus inspires her to be. Hey, Waldo, I'll trade you my apple for your applesauce. Uh, Ruby, they're both apples. It's the same thing. Well, technically not the same thing. But the skin on red apples always gets stuck in my teeth. Why does my dad always have to pack me red apples? I keep telling him, you know, Dad, Daddy-o, Pops, Padre, I love you, but would you please stop giving me red apples? So as much as me and Wada would love hearing you go on and on about your father... Yeah, really? I've got a great idea. So last night, I was watching Netflix, and I saw this movie about these four kids that traveled miles and miles, and it ended up leading them to, like, this robotic map thingy. Netflix? Who has time to watch a movie? Between my job, homework, and doing mine and my mom's chores, I barely have time to even sleep. Oh my gosh, sleep. I love sleep. But every morning at like 5 a.m., my dad comes into my room and wakes me up. Too early, right? But he does it in the sweetest way. He turns on my lamp, sings me a soft morning song, and... Anyway, okay, so I was thinking that'd be a great idea, idea for us to do together. Um, Charlotte, don't you think we're a little too old for a sleepover? And plus, I don't think your parents would allow... Not a sleepover. We should go hiking, you know. Like, on a hiking trip. Okay, did I miss something? Where in our conversation did we start talking about hiking? Remember, Netflix, four kids traveling miles and miles, robotic <laughs> map thingy, ring a bell. Come on, guys, it'll be fun. We'll get up super early, like 8 o'clock, okay? And then <laughs> we'll pack a picnic lunch... And I heard about this great trail called Bunyan's Bluff that has a breathtaking view at the top. Bunyan's Bluff? Sounds kind of painful. <laughs> hey, when we go to Bunyan's Bluff, can I bring some Bunyan's? <laughs> Get it? Funny, right? Not really. <laughs> okay, then. I mean, I guess it sounds kind of cool, except for that getting up early part. <laughs> so does that mean you'll come? <sighs> sure, I guess I could use a break. <laughs> we see God at work so much around us, Sadly, we are too quick to dismiss it as coincidence. Sometimes God shows his love for us in overlooked places in obscure ways. For instance, in the form of Ruby offering to help Waldo. The problem with Waldo is that since he didn't believe in God, he never thought of Ruby's generosity or kindness as God's activity. Waldo would say, that's just Ruby being Ruby. In any way, Waldo is too prideful to accept help or love from almost anyone. But today... Ruby was on a mission, a mission of love. Her Sunday school teacher gave her class a challenge to share God's love in a unique way at school. Last night, she stayed up late writing Bible verses about God's love on index cards. Today, she was putting them in people's lockers at school. Wow, could Mrs. Yates be any more boring? And what's with that soft classical music she played while she read to us? Yeah, because she should totally play some rap music instead. 
That would make so much more sense. I hate February. Love this, Cupid that, Valentine's Schmalentine's. If I see any more red, I think I'm going to puke. Hey, hey, hey there, easy big fella. Red is my favorite color. It is one of our school colors. And hey, look, it's <clears> in <throat> the trim around these blockers. Mrs. Yates is creative. I like her. But it's just too bad that all that stuff she's reading about love is make-believe. I mean, the only reason people love is because they want something back in return. Like Socrates said, all love is derived from a selfish desire. Ain't that the truth? But are you sure Socrates said that? Hey, if you guys don't believe in love, then that's pretty sad. I mean, the fact that we're alive is proof that God loves us. He created people to love. <sighs> well, if God loves me, he has a strange way of showing it. Well, though, I know it may seem like that, but, you know, God shows his love for us in unexpected ways. Whatever. I gotta go to class. Bye. Adios. Ruby, you know Waldo's had a pretty hard life. I mean, you're not going to get anywhere with, with, them that, with that loving God nonsense, and neither am I. I mean, if God is a loving God, he must not be that powerful of a God. Look at the world. Hey, no one said that life would be easy, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. God works for us in unexpected ways, and he, um, he shows his love for us all the time. Hmm, maybe. I mean, we're all selfish, like Socrates said. Socrates. Yeah, him. Greek tugger dude, great guy. Well, you know, I know one, someone who is never selfish. Impossible. Maybe for us, but not for this person. Who I know. Romeo. Ooh, Mother Teresa. Wait, no, Robin Hood. Okay, first off, only one of those was real people. Second, oh. I got to go to class, so open your locker to figure out who the only unselfish person ever was. Oh, what's this? Ruby's so sweet. Always making people valentines. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man... Someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. If I forget this textbook one more time, I mean, who even uses books anymore? Seriously. What, what's this? See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. For this reason, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Could Charlotte change her beliefs and accept that Jesus Christ's love is unconditional? In her world, she had never seen love without strings attached. For Waldo, until he would believe that God truly exists, it remained nearly impossible for him to accept any love that God was trying to show him. Waldo didn't understand that verse he found in his locker that day, and he really didn't understand why Ruby put it there. It was going to take a miracle for Waldo to believe in God, but Waldo doesn't believe in miracles yet. Woohoo! Fridays, Fridays, Ruby loves Fridays. I'm so ready for a hiking trip. I know, the weather is perfect. It's 75 degrees, and hey, it's pretty great that it's cloudy because I burn pretty easy. Yeah, I could really use this break from school and everything. Even though the name Bunyan's Bluff still kind of scares me a little. Did you guys put your gear in the trunk? Good, Good to, to go. Ruby's ready. All right, Bunyan's Bluff, here we come. Do you have any music you can play in this joint? You want some good music? Well, yeah. obviously. You want some music that'll get you pumped up for a hiking trip? Pumping up, yeah. I got just the thing. <laughs> I didn't mean this. Arcadia, it's great. Oh, hold on, guys. I got a text. Here, let me check it for you. No, it's fine. Done. Nobody's coming. No, I got it. Oh, I, got I got it. it. It's fine. I got it. No, got it's it. fine. Whoa! 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 What just happened? I don't Is know. everyone okay? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I told you to let me check your phone for you. I know. I'm sorry. I'm just. Thank goodness the well, reflection wait, 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 of the sun. What was even that? 
What was that? I don't know. I think it was a reflection of the sun. Guys, what, what sunlight? It's nothing but clouds up there. They didn't talk much for the rest of the car ride. What just happened was nothing short of a miracle, but it was like Charlotte and Waldo were too afraid to even consider the possibility of it. And Ruby thought it best to keep quiet and let them think a bit more about what she knew was God saving their lives. Wow. Ruby, come on up. You got to see this. Oh, oh wow. You were right. Breathtaking. I told ya. Hey, where's Waldo? Well, I think Bunyan's Bluff has made an impression on me. So, what do you think? I think I need an appointment with Dr. Scholes. I wasn't talking about your feet. I was talking about the view. I think it looks just like a Bob Ross painting. See? A little Van Dyke brown here, titanium white there, happy little trees everywhere. See, I think it, more, I think it looks more like a Thomas Kincaid masterpiece. You're right, Ruby. I can't believe it, but you're right. Told you, Bob Ross is the man. No way. No, not about who the painting is. Told you. Then right about what? Because literally no one ever tells me I'm right. You're That's right. For sure. That it's a painting. This, that, all of it. Even you and me. Ruby, you're right about a lot of things that I never gave you credit for. Back in the car, you were right. The sun was completely covered. The whole time hiking up this mountain, I've been trying to figure out how that light shined in my face. I can't think of one logical, scientific explanation for it. I don't know if it was an angel or what. It sounds weird for me to say this, but I think it was a miracle. The three of our lives were safe today, guys. I'm sure of it. Charlotte, I think our friend Ruby may be onto something. Before, I would have looked at this view and seen beauty in nature. Now I'm beginning to see view beauty from a creator. Ruby? Hello? I said I think I'm starting to believe there might be a god. Ruby! Wow, I'm sorry. I just, I'm just so amazed right now. Waldo, it's the sweetest thing you've ever said to me. You know, today's a day I never want to forget. Today is especially a big turning point in our lives, guys. Especially you, Waldo. You know, God really saved our lives today, Waldo. You're right. Hey, you know what? Let's celebrate. Funyuns, anyone? Oh, my. It is possible to not let God love you. Many people do it today, maybe even you. People put barriers between themselves and God, which keeps them from receiving God's love. For Charlotte, it was doubt. For Waldo, it was pride and bitterness. For others, it's guilt, selfishness, worry, fear, and the list goes on. But there comes a point when you've got to let go. Let go of those things that you've been foolishly holding on to and let God love you. It sounds so simple and easy to let someone love you, and you know what? It is. So let God love you today. God uses people, nature, events, music, and even miracles to show his love to you. It's like a wise philosopher once said. Maybe what you're looking for is right next to you, but you just haven't noticed it yet. Sweetheart, it's fine. You say what you want to say when you want to say it, and it'll be all right, okay? (laughs) Well, this is you, Sunday, so it's all right. Have you ever thought about where the church will get its leaders in a time to come. I mean, uh, as I look around, uh, I look that way, you look this way, and there's an awful lot of gray hair. Where will the church get its leaders tomorrow? 
we cannot just wait and say, well, some young people will go to Bible college and some will go to seminary and that'll be the leadership of the church. Why do you think anybody would go to Bible college or go to seminary? I believe it's because of their home church and the encouragement to ministry for our young people. And so I think Youth Sunday is um, too often underplayed and people say, well, I think I'll just go to the beach that weekend. And God bless you and thank you for being here. And God bless the parents of these young people who have ministered. We've had others in other parts of the building doing things during this hour as well. It's, not, it's more than just the young people that you have seen here and that you see in the auditorium. They're serving the Lord in other ways uh, around the church. So I thank God for a church. And may he raise up others of like spirit to encourage young people to use their gifts and their abilities to serve the Lord. Leaders of tomorrow are in our church this morning. Pray for them, love them, and encourage them. Now, Preston Pierce is uh, about to have a stroke, I think. I'm not sure what's because I'm taking up too much time or whether he knows he's got to get up here. Fine young man. Loves the Lord and uh, has talked with his folks. He's talked with me. He's talked with a number of folks uh, about a good, solid, biblical Christian education and uh, about perhaps serving the Lord as pastor of a church one day. Uh, so it is good for Wake Chapel. And we're glad to have you, Preston. I'm still not sure about you and that beard, but anyway, that's. <laughs> I bought my grand. I bought my grandson an electric razor and told him he had to use it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Well, if mom and dad say it's okay, you do it, Betty. <laughs> Preston Pierce, fine young man. We look forward to him sharing with us this morning what God has placed on his heart. Preston. Oh, me. Thank you, Brother Ross. What a, what a blessing it is to be here in this pulpit this morning, being able to uh, be in the same pulpit that Brother Ross has preached and have had a revival here last week, being able to be here for that. So many blessings have come from this pulpit, and what a blessing it is for me to be in a part of that as well. And uh, being able to look at this um, skit thing that was run this morning with by my fellow... Um, Friends and youth group, I know they were, um, they were telling me how anxious they were about it, so now I know they did a really good job. Would you give them a hand for that, please? <laughs> and what a blessing it is, too, to have Noah lead the music this morning, and uh, especially when hearing that beautiful music this morning, especially when that banjo was playing in the car right here. I felt like, <laughs> I felt like getting up to sing this morning, but I heard, uh, I'm not that good of a singer, but... Uh, you know, God has different talents for different people, and I guess I didn't get the talent of singing very well. So, uh, if you will, turn your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Luke, chapter 15. And I'll sing about what I was going to preach this morning and uh, talk about. And uh, for uh, in school, I'm taking speech as a class. I take it first thing in the morning. 
And uh, for my final exam in there, I have to take a out-of-school speech. And I thought there's no better place to do a speech outside of school than in my fellow uh, church in front of a lovely congregation like you folks. So I thank you very much for listening to my final exam in my first block speech class this morning. And, and uh, also with the um, video that Mr. Matt's running up there, they'll be able to look at this video and grade how I do. And uh, so not only the audience here, but the audience in my first period um, speech class will be able to listen to the sermon uh, as well. I pray for the blessing of it on you folks and them. Now let's read, let's read God's Word this morning, starting at verse 11, talking about the parable of the lost son. And he said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey to a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will rise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against seven before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before you. I am no longer to be worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again, for he was lost. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now, three, different, three big things we want to talk about this morning in this passage right here. Number one is the son's selfishness. Now, back in these days, the father's inheritance was divided amongst his children once he had passed away. But the son didn't have the patience to wait for his inheritance when his father died. He wanted that inheritance right then and there. He wanted it now. And there was a good chance he was a teenager, according to some studies um, that I've had in this, so makes it good for a good message for my friends in my first block um, speech class and uh, also a good message I think for uh, people of all ages and as well and he was acting selfishly and he wanted his own money and he wanted his own place to use as he desired he said he went to a far country far from his parents so that tells you right there he wanted to live on his own and he wanted to live his life his way Dear friends, may I say to you, there are so many people today, including Christians, who uh, ignore God and completely shove him out of the way and live their lives on their own the way that they want to with the things that they have far from the Lord into a far country, it seems, versus looking to God and, doing, and following his way. Number two, his self-correction. He didn't realize he did wrong when he was spending money and having a good time and he was at that peak up top but when he had no money and couldn't feed himself, that's when he saw his wrongdoing. 
Because, folks, when sin gives us a peak of pleasure, and when we give in to that sin and feel a high peak of, pre- of uh, pleasure, it's kind of hard to see the wrong that we are in that stage most of the time until we hit rock bottom and realize, oh, my goodness, what have I done? But when he realized he did wrong, he went to the only place he knew to go, and that was back to his father's house. And as we've read here in the scripture this morning, he went back to his father and said, Father, I have sinned against heaven before you. I'm no longer, no longer worthy to be called your son. And when he realized, he realized he did wrong by doing this and repented to his father. Now, this last point I have here, this is the big point I wanted to get out of this passage right here. And if you ain't taking notes, you ain't taking mental notes quite yet, take them now. For number three, number three is he received love. And the father received him back into his household, as we read in the scripture, that he was even waiting for him, embraced him, and kissed him. Kissed him. Because the father didn't say, go back to where you were, you are no longer called my son. He did not say that, as we read in the scripture. He took him in because of his unconditional love that he has for his son. There was nothing his son could have done to make him no longer the father's son. Because, dear people, when we realize we do wrong... And we repent and turn to our Father and say, Father, I am no longer to be called your servant. And uh, excuse me. So when we realize we, uh, when we turn to our God in repentance of the sins we've done and says, Father, I'm sorry, I pray for your forgiveness, we become God's children. And once we become God's children, there's nothing we can do from then on to separate us from being God's children. It's that unconditional love. And it's love that us fellow believers should uh, show and love everybody we come across and that comes for in here and out those doors right there to everybody we come across we're supposed to share the love that jesus has and the love that the father showed his son and uh back in the back last summer uh when me and a fellow uh friends in the youth group we went to dc for our mission trip last summer and you know we were in uh, different groups with different churches all across the state and there's even a church out in illinois I think, and I got to know a guy in my group. His name was Austin, Austin Landon. And uh, as we worked, our leaders knew who Austin was, uh, or some of the leaders that were came to his church. He was; they were very uh, critical and kept an eye on what he did and where he went. And I thought, well, that was kind of odd, or why they did that. And you know, he acted a little different than everybody else, but. Now, I came to find out later that week he is mildly autistic. And, uh, but I was blessed with the group that I was in because it didn't matter if he was autistic or what kind of mental disease he had. They still loved on him just as if he was one of them, which he was. He, and they were so, I remember they were so kind to Austin and making sure that he was a part of the group, especially when we went on prayer walks to the neighborhood and working on the roof that we were on. He was, surely was a part of our group. And I got to be good friends with him myself. And uh, being able to be good friends with him was a blessing. And finding out the big heart that he had for helping out in whatever way that he could. And um, not just that. And also he was him and the homeowner of the house that we were working on. They had the closest relationship, I think, to anyone who was working on that house to that homeowner. And me and Austin, we still we stayed in contact after that trip and still do it's that unconditional love and respect because my bible tells me to love your neighbor as yourself no matter what his or her
condition is. Some of you might be thinking of some awesome landings in your life that might need some love and respect. Or not even or there may be some people in general who are going through tough times right now. They're in uh, they have hit rock bottom however they have. Uh, there may be I know I know being at a public school I see people all the time who are just I can tell they are lost and they are in need of a savior. And so I'm sure uh, you think of some people in your life, no matter where it's at work or I know friends at school or any place like that, I know there are some people that need that love, the love of Jesus. But more importantly, did you come here this morning knowing where you're going to be when you die going to heaven? Have you told your heavenly Father, I have, Father, I have sinned against you and I ask for your forgiveness of the sins that I've done? Did you come here doing that this morning? Already doing that. It's that love for the lost son. The love that Jesus showed on the cross when he died for us. Did you, do you know what that love is this morning? Do you, know that, do you know that kind of love that the father gave to his son, to his lost son, and the same love that our heavenly father has given to all of us and who are lost in our own way, and we have the option to turn to him, folks. Jesus loves you. He, he loves you. That love for the lost son. Let us pray. Father, I thank you so much for uh, this day you've given us, Lord. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you so much, uh, Lord, for f my friends and family that have come this morning to hear me proclaim the gospel, Lord. And I thank you so much for uh, my fellow friends, with the young people amongst the church who have done a very amazing job on the uh, skit they have done this morning, Lord. I thank you very much for that, Lord. And the message I have proclaimed this morning, Lord, I pray that you will, that it has blessed the hearts of those in here this morning as well as those who will watch the video of it in my first block class and then some, Lord. And uh, thank you for, uh, just thank you, Lord, for, Lord, showing us the parable of the lost son and how even though we can be no matter how lost we can be, Lord, we, we know we can always turn back to you and that you will always be there to embrace us and kiss us and bring us a robe and say, our, and say this person was lost, but now he is found, Lord. And I pray, Lord, if there's anybody in this room who has not uh, accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, Lord, I pray that this message this morning has considered them to do so, Lord. Lord, I pray that they will... Then know what it is, what it's like to be loved by a heavenly Father, so great and powerful and just and righteous, but as loving as you, Lord. Most importantly, I pray for that, and it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Preston, thank you. I'm at a a bit of a loss for words here right now. There's so many things I would like to say, and I'm not going to take time for them. I will say this to Preston. You are, right now, so far ahead of so many preachers who are in pulpits this morning. And I say that because you know what it's all about. It's about the love of God, and it's about preaching the gospel to people who need to hear the gospel. Um, 
stay on that path. God will bless you. Al Johnson, would you join us? Our deacon of the day will dismiss us in just a moment. After Hal prays, we'll sing our closing song that we always have. God be with you till we meet again. Now, uh, Preston, I hope you haven't taken a deep breath yet because you're not through. Pastor Wake Chapel greets folks at the back. You go do that. I'm serious. I want you to do that, okay? Just walk on back there, yeah. Well, Come pray for us, and then we'll sing. It's a bittersweet time for me as I age out of youth group this year. So, uh, so Donnie Averett's got one more year, right, Donnie? <laughs> okay, let us pray. Father, um, I thank you so much, Lord, for the, the zeal and the passion of our youth today. Uh, these young people want to make a difference and to have an amazing impact on this world. Father, I pray that we as a church will pray and support all youth in our area, in our church, and try to focus on the positive impact that they are all capable of having. I pray, Lord, that all the youth will see their God-given plan and purpose. Father, reveal to them what you want them to do. Give them wisdom, give them good friendships so that they may develop good character and live godly lives. Father, I pray that they will discern truth and not be deceived by others and that they may be passionate about their spiritual growth so that they may be witnesses for you and for your holy word. We pray today, Lord, for our mission of the week, Caribbean Christian Center for the Deaf. As many of us have visited there and worked down there, we know the good work they do. We pray, Lord, that you will support them financially and with um, uh, the labor they need and to get their buildings built, and we just thank you so much for that ministry. We ask these in all prayers in Christ's name. Amen.